Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Today is Thursday, August 22nd, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the ex-wife of the Atlanta housing chief kills herself and her two children. Both of them members of the National Association of Black Journalists will give you the details. Also, folks, today, uh, 400 years since the first 20-odd Africans arrived in the United States, the NAACP, uh, they kicked off this in Jamestown, Virginia last week. Now they are in Ghana. We'll be joined by NAACP President Derek Johnson live from Ghana discussing their historic trip. Also, we'll talk to civil rights attorney Gloria Brown Marshall about 400 years of perseverance from 1619 through 2019. And also, I'm going to share an announcement with you on how we are going to commemorate of the 400 years right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Actress Priscilla Shire talks about her new movie, The Overcomer, is opening this weekend. Again, the focus on Christian movie buyers. And the countdown of power continues. I'll talk with my man Tommy. Y'all know him as Tommy, but his real name is Joseph Sakura, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, it's time to bring the funk. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. 
folks, a truly sad story out of Atlanta. Dr. Marsha Edwards, the ex-wife of Atlanta Housing Authority Board Chair Dr. Christopher Edwards, is believed to have shot and killed the couple's two children before turning the gun on herself. Their bodies were found uh, inside uh, her townhouse doing a welfare check this morning. Uh, actually, uh, actually, Wednesday night. Now, police have not released any further information about the apparent double murder, suicide, citing an ongoing investigation. Uh, their children, you see right there, Christopher Jr., uh, 24 years old, Aaron Edwards, 20 years old. Uh, Aaron was uh, just, uh, of course, uh, she was just in Miami with us, with the National Association of Black Journalists. She recently uh, completed an internship with WNBC-TV out of uh, New York. Christopher also uh, worked for social media for uh, the city of Atlanta's uh, film division. Uh, and again, this just a stunning, stunning story there. Uh, their father also, of course, uh, he not only uh, ex-housing chief, also involved on the board of directors uh, there at Morehouse uh, as well. And so uh, no one knows exactly what happened, uh, what took place uh, again, uh, but just uh, a, a truly, truly sad story. Uh, 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 of course, Dr. Uh, Marsha Edwards uh, taking the life for her two children 24 and 20 years old. Also, we got some new details uh, of the shooting that took place at Clark Atlanta, where four students were injured, two from Spelman, two from uh, Clark Atlanta as well. Uh, there is going to be uh, a tightened security at Clark Atlanta uh, as a result of what took place. Again, there was a block party uh, that took place in front of the Atlanta University Center Library. And so the university uh, is going to be stepped up. Go to my uh, I, uh, iPad, Henry. This is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The university's public safety employees will start working 12-hour shifts to enable us to provide 24-hour coverage on campus. And that's coming from uh, the interim president of Clark Atlanta uh, that's taking place there as well. And so uh, they normally have eight-hour uh, shifts of the police department, uh, but now uh, they were going to have 12-hour shifts uh, from uh, now on. Also, the city of Atlanta is also increasing uh, their presence. And so this is, uh, again, something that uh, has to happen. This is not the first time uh, we have heard about this taking place uh, on a college campus. Obviously, remember also, yeah, the shooting took place at Grambling last year as well. Uh, our panel here, Dr. Julian Malvo, economist, President Emera Bennett College, Dr. Craig Carr, Chair of the Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University, Eric, Erica Savage-Wilson, host Savage Politics Podcast. Julian, I want to start with you. The reality is uh, this is what no university president wants to deal with, but when you look at a situation like Clark Atlanta, Morehouse Spelman, you unlike other universities where you have an enclosed environment or other universities where you're pretty much like sort of far out in your, your own community, these three institutions literally are right They're there in the, in the city, in the neighborhood. And so it's not just a closed off deal. You got people who live nearby who are who are coming in and out of those those campuses as well. And so it's unfortunate that this actually happened. You know, Roland, um, I didn't know that story when I came on. So it takes my breath away. It literally takes my breath away because I remember Bennett it was in the hood. Right. Uh, you had people who could walk onto the campus from the neighborhood. You know, there were ways you could cut through the campus to get from one street to another. And we had a couple of shooting incidents right. um, that were horrible. And I just feel like we have to do some stuff around 
our campuses I'm gonna do this. and our young people. And roll so it. Hold on a second. I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back to this. Here's why. I'm going to come back to this because Derek Johnson, who's in Ghana right now, is actually on the phone. Uh, so let me just do this. I'm going to go to Derek. I'm going to come back to this subject right here because Derek has to go. Derek, you're there in, uh, are you in Accra, Ghana right now, Derek? We are in Accra uh, here with close to 300 of our members, friends, and partners uh, to recognize the 400th year of the transatlantic slave trade. And um, first of all, you started in Jamestown, Virginia. Now you're in Accra, Ghana. Uh, and um, you've been planning this trip for a whole year. And one of the things that also jumps out uh, here is um, how eye-opening has it been for a lot of people uh, who had never been to the motherland? I think it's been uh, a trip for many of a lifetime. Uh, the Ghanaian government and people have embraced us with open arms. Uh, we started the, the very first day meeting with the president and local chief of the uh, uh, Jamestown uh, Choir region. Uh, that has been followed up with multiple tours. Uh, we leave in the morning to go to Cape Coast, where there will be unveiling for many people of their DNA results. Uh, that was done by AfricanAncestry.com uh, uh, as we, you know, recapture what it was like for many individuals to go to the door and no return into the slave dungeons, to leave this land of Africa, never to come back. Uh, so it's been an eye-opening experience for young, old, and everyone in between. Um, uh, Henry, go to my iPad. I'm showing right now photos from Tiffany Lofton. She, of course, is the head of your youth and college division uh, at where uh, y'all visit the W.E.B. Du Bois Center in Accra, Ghana, where he and his wife are buried. This photo is here is uh, a photo of her touching uh, their tomb. And so um, a lot of people, are, a lot of have folks been surprised by this connection that exists there between African Americans and Ghana. Ghana, probably out of any other African nation, has really embraced uh, this connection between African Americans and the motherland. But not only are people pleased with the warmth in which we've been received, uh, the Ghanaian people have probably one of the closest connections with the African American community. Uh, many Ghanaians live among us, oftentimes. Uh, we may not know someone is from Ghana unless we have that conversation. Are there many African-Americans as PACs who live here and they have integrated into the life uh, of, of the Ghanaian culture? Uh, it is a beautiful opportunity for uh, many others to see, understand, and appreciate the closeness that we share in terms of being uh, African culture, African people, and many of our habits, how we uh, communicate with one another. You can see it vividly as you, as we kind of go through the country uh, landscape and talk to many of the leaders. All right, then. And how much longer are y'all going to be there? Well, uh, some will be leaving on the 25th. Others will stay all the way through the 28th. Uh, we're going to visit Cape Coast, Kamasi. We're going to spend time with Ashante, go through the ritual of the Golden Soup, uh, or, or visiting Nkrumah, uh, where he's laid to rest. I mean, this is a wonderful, wonderful trip. Uh, we've had the, uh, the Grand Bosses of Omega South Sider join us. We've had the Sire, Grand Sirecom of, of the Boulay uh, on the trip with us. So we have a really, really powerful delegation. And what's amazing, more and more people are showing up we didn't know was going to be here, and they're joining in. So this has been a, a wonderful opportunity to celebrate our culture as we recognize uh, the 400th benchmark year of the transatlantic slave trade. All right, Derek Johnson, CEO of NAACP. I surely appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay, so let's go back to the conversation we were having. Sorry about that. I was, uh, again, we were going to lose Derek. And, uh, you know, you, it's because uh, I think uh, it's, um, what is it, about 10, 11 o'clock there? Yeah. 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 About six so, hours later. Really, I go to sleep. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, because I was, I was checking because I was talking about, because um, I'm actually going to be in Ghana in, uh, I think, in December. And so I was trying to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, if I do the show from there, what time I'll be doing the show. Six uh, hours. And so, yeah, so it's like midnight. So, uh, yeah. so let's go back to the conversation we were having in terms of uh, how do we keep, and look, if you're a parent, you're sending your kid to college, the last thing you want to do is get a phone call saying your son or daughter was shot at a party. Julian, well, go know, ahead. I just, I just had an emotional moment and had to hold my brother's hand. I, I was flashing back. Our campuses are not safe because our society is not safe. But the other piece that I was looking at was the story you started with, with the sister mm -hmm. who killed her children. And one of the things, I'm not going, to, going down 45-ville, but in the black community, we do not deal with mental health at all. The two things that we leave out of health care are dental health and mental health. We do not pay attention to them. And so there are a lot of people walking around with a lot of pain and a lot of stress. And so that sister who killed her children herself, God, Roland, I don't even know what to say to you. Mm -hmm. Now, when we then talk about what's happening on campuses, why do our people feel that a gathering of youngins is a place where you would take out your rage? Roland, I, I, like I said, Greg, bless my brother, held my hand because I just want to cry about it because I remember having similar situations at Bennett where, you know, I mean, I had one situation was, it would have been funny, but it wasn't. It's a Malvo's story, where some little Negro came on campus to go shoot some woman because she cut him loose, and I jumped on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you the president. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, whoop your, you know what? Everybody's mama here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you, you don't get to do that. No we have, there, there is an anger thing going on, but there also is the availability of guns. Let's start with the guns. Let's start with the guns. Let's start with these guns that can kill so many people. And our HBCU land is no different from any other campus situation, Roland. I mean, we've had this happen um, in other places, so let's not make this an HBCU problem, right. because all too often people want to make things that happen at HBCUs an HBCU problem, and they're not. They're societal problems, and they're hurtful problems, and they're challenges that we have to deal with. Clark Atlanta, as you said earlier, and it was a really great opening, Roland, it's in the middle of the hood. Mm -hmm. sure. It's in the city. You can just walk, just like Howard. Absolutely. Just like, you just know. Just like Temple and Penn and, and Ohio State. And, and, <laughs> that's exactly right. They're urban and, campuses. And people, and, and, <laughs> right. in the urban campus, anybody can walk up on that's them. That's exactly So right. we have to really do our work to protect our young'uns. That's right. There's a story out of Southeast Washington, little brother all the way to Bowie. Yeah. Uh, opened the door and somebody shot him. My God. On the way to Bowie. Mm -hmm. um, did everything that he was supposed to do, pass mm -hmm. tests, follow the rules, mm -hmm. and some fool shot him because we still don't know why they still ain't found a fool. That's right. 
but this is what our young people are vulnerable to, and we must protect them. Greg, what I'm showing here, this is a photo from the uh, web page, Twitter account of Sarah Glover, the past, immediate past president of NABJ. Oh, wow. Uh, with, uh, this was from our convention in Miami. It's both the uh, and, uh, and, in fact, all three, Marsha, Dr. Marsha Edwards, she also was a member of NABJ, along with her two children. Uh, and our convention, literally, folks, was just two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and this photo was taken of... Uh, those two both gone. Uh, Greg, obviously working on a college campus. Uh, look, students, this they just got they just got back. They yeah. just I mean school just started. This yeah. is like right. this, this is, is like week. the kickoff to uh, uh, a school there at Clark Atlanta. Yeah. And then they they have to begin with this shooting. That's right. Well, you know, Roland, I'm glad you showed that picture, brother. I've been in contact with a number of friends and, and colleagues at Morehouse School of Medicine, Clark, Morehouse, and two things on the Edwards family. And you've cautioned us against this many times. You've done it on social media. You've done it on all your platforms. As, as stories break, you've cautioned us to wait until the whole story is told. Yeah. I, you know, a couple of people I, I talked to said, you know, Cobb County is now rife. You're seeing spikes in white supremacists. They're saying, let's wait until we see the rest of this story. They don't necessarily know whether or not this sister killed her children and killed herself. At all, because they said that was not, it was against everything they knew her to be everything they knew her husband to be. So, I mean, as we see this unfold, I mean, you know, but if let's, it isn't, yeah, we, like you said, Doc, it, it, this is a tragedy. We don't deal with mental health. As far as the college campus is concerned, you know, it's interesting because as we know, as you said, it's in the hood. Clark, Atlanta, and literally Morehouse, were across the street from a housing project. Mm -hmm. Vernon Jordan used to tell the story about how when they were little boys growing up in the projects, they would look over and see Benjamin Mays walking from his office to campus, yeah. and they would model walking like Benny Mays, even though they were in the projects. What you said, Doc, is so true. Just because we live in the hood didn't mean we didn't have values. As this society has deteriorated, our people are commingling. A couple of my very good friends on the Clark faculty in Morehouse said they were having a block party for all the kids in the AUC. And it was some people, some cats from Atlanta, who decided to show up and do what happened. But I went to school in North Philly. Temple is in the hood. You see this police presence where they've literally moved black people out of North Philadelphia so those white kids can walk around without any concern. Same thing in West Philly with Penn. Are we going to now have to treat our own people that way? Or can we go back to the days when a young Vernon Jordan could model Buck when Benny? We protected Benjamin each other. We protected and I'll each say other. this um, right. because I have the unique experience. My son is at Morehouse. Mm. Uh, so I got a phone call from public safety oh. at 12.45 a.m. And so... To, 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 to just be very blunt, my heart dropped. Um, he lives off campus in Midtown. Yes. But just understanding that he could possibly have gone to that gathering, yes. thank God he did not. He's not a kid that really likes crowds a lot. But I think um, to everyone's point is that within those campuses, uh, well, those campuses are usually in, in, in the hood. Um, and that area around there is being actively gentrified. Mm -hmm. um, and I think w this experience, because I've had these phone calls, um, unfortunately, several times over the years, is really to bring the discussion to the kids as well, to include them in these discussions mm -hmm. where we're talking about gun safety and gun violence. Yes. Uh, I'm going right now. Uh, this is from the... Um, um, this is from the, the Facebook page of Dr. Marsha Edwards, and these photos were posted just two days uh, before this uh, shooting took place. Uh, this was when uh, she and her daughter, they were uh, at, the, at the Vatican in Rome. Uh, photos were posted at 5.22 a.m. on Monday morning. Uh, and again, uh, investigators there uh, are still investigating what happened. 
Uh, and so it is certainly uh, sad. Marsha, Dr. Marsha Edwards was 58 years old. Her son, Christopher, was 24. And again, you see a photo there of Aaron. Uh, she was 24. And this is, uh, again, one of the last images, uh, go to my iPad, of mother and daughter. Uh, again, just two days ago. So to Dr. Malvo's point, um, we don't know uh, what happened, but the reality is we do know uh, so many other times where mm -hmm. murder-suicides have taken place. And yeah, even though she lived in an upscale home, uh, dad was on the board of directors of Morehouse School of Medicine, for, you know, orthopedic surgeon, uh, one never knows what has happened inside of uh, somebody's home. And so certainly uh, thoughts and prayers go out to them. And if uh, any of you, uh, to Dr. Malvo's point, if you, if you are uh, under stress and duress and you uh, are at that breaking point, please pick that phone up, call someone, call a suicide hotline, call your church, call a friend, uh, because there is always a way out uh, as opposed to uh, taking the life, your life, and that of uh, your two children. So we'll certainly have those uh, details for you when they become available. All right, folks, let's talk about uh, 1619 to 2019. The Association for the Study of African-American Life and History is also commemorating the arrival of those first Africans by honoring 400 years of African-American resilience. Uh, we're going to talk about this with um, uh, uh, Asla uh, Commemorative Chair, Dr. Gloria Brown Marshall. Before I go to her, uh, Greg Carr, I want to talk about this because what's, what's, what's interesting is uh, it's very interesting seeing all these white people lose their mind because of, the, <laughs> because of, I mean, literally losing their mind because of the New York Times 16 project. Yeah, this piece here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dinesh D'Souza, all these people, all these conservatives. My, uh, I had to smack Mark Levin around. Let me pull his tweet up, <laughs> which was hilarious because uh, the reason they are so angry, they're so upset because they just can't fathom the idea of white folks not getting credit for everything. Uh, and and can't so fathom can't fathom uh, what it feels like to, actu to actually have somebody challenge uh, his story hmm. and show them a different place of history. In fact, uh, this fool wrote this piece. Go to my iPad, Henry. No, America wasn't built on slavery, but faith that all men are created equal. And so uh, the, 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 the Federalist uh, folks, they put, so he's, he sent this out. And of course, I cracked the hell up laughing. So some little white kid wrote it named Joshua Lawson. And again, they are just great. They are just, they, they can't handle. They can't take it. They can't Greg, they can't handle it. And they, and they can't even handle this little bit of truth. My God. This ain't even the heavy hitters. But, you know, I understand. I mean, they're scared, and they should be. They should be. And, and, and that's the, of yeah, course, this uh, is the, yeah, uh, uh, the 1619 project they put together. Yeah. Again, there are numerous other things that will be happening. Right. But, 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 that, but, but, it's, but it's amazing to see the freak out. Yeah. Well, well they're not in control anymore. Right. See, I mean, you know, Anderson it's taking 400. Oh. It's taking. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. that point. Here's that point. No, Control no, no, point. Anderson Thompson, a scholar, said all history is about the future. They're looking at a world that's increasingly non-white, right. and as this story comes out. They don't have any control over the the New York Times has probably kept its ability to attract white readership. If they don't change their model, they're gonna go out of business. There so you go. this isn't this isn't something they gave anybody. I mean, they didn't. You had Nicole on the other day. They didn't give Nicole Hannah Jones this. They realize if they don't do this, they're gonna be talking to themselves. And these little handful of white supremacists hanging around the edges, <laughs> they are trying to scream at them, no, no, no. But I, I mean, finally, you know, I'm just looking at something about the European Union. There are about 500 million people in the European Union. They're about 1.25 billion in Africa right now where Derek is. 40% of those people are under 15 years old. 
by 2050, as the demographics change here, they're saying that they're going to be about 450 million people in Europe, meaning 50 million less. Mm -hmm. And in Africa, there'll be 2 billion people. White people now got to face a choice, your whiteness or your life. These people hanging on to something that's already gone, Roland. So you ain't got to slap them around. They're going to fall, brother. Julianne, go. You know, Nicole Hannah-Jones is absolutely brilliant, mm -hmm. and she has really done great work. But the bigger issue is that these folks don't want truth. Right. I mean, they, they, the truth is galling to them. I mean, I'm reading, I don't know why, and probably it's why I'm nuts, uh, all this lynching stuff, uh, trying to connect lynching to economics. Yeah. And as I'm reading this stuff, I mean, I said at the Library of Congress, the black people come in like, Doc, you can't make mouth noises. Because I read stuff and I'll be like, ooh, this is horrible. <laughs> and I'm back in the stacks, which is supposed right. to be quiet. quiet. You know? And I'm like, ooh. But the point is that there is evil in the foundation of this country. And there is pure, stuff, ugly evil in the foundation of this country. That's right. The only way this country has survived and thrived is through exploiting black people, period, end of conversation. That's true. Yeah. And they can't manage that. They can't manage it. Mm. We, so we tell a history that people read in school, and that history is a warped history. It ain't the whole truth. It's a warped version of the truth. First of all, it ain't the whole truth. It ain't close near the truth. Let me bring in Dr. Gloria Brown Marshall, then I'm going to go to Erica. Dr. Marshall, uh, the thing about this also is that what, what y'all are focusing on uh, with uh, ASALH is the perseverance piece. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who want to focus on, oh, how painful it was. But what you're saying is, no, 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 that that we persevered uh, yes. with everything that was thrown our way. That, that's, that's it. And if we don't ourselves talk about our perseverance, why would they say, hey, you know what? You did something with the civil rights movement that other countries had to use weaponry. There's a civil war still going on in Syria to get what we got during the civil war rights movement. But they're not going to tell us, oh, you guys did a great job. You know, they're not going to say, how did you do that, that you had your black men fighting in civil war, but for your black soldiers, we would have lost in the North. They're not going to give us that credit. That's why we have to say 400 years of perseverance, that we kept our humanity at a time when they called us everything less than a child of God, and we couldn't even show in our eyes that we didn't believe it, but in our hearts we did, and that power of the spirit it was is what got us this far, and that's the 400 years of perseverance that the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History is focusing on. Uh, you're going to be having an event uh, taking place this weekend in Hampton, Virginia, correct? I am there now. It is amazing. I was on Voice of America earlier today talking about 400 years of perseverance. And then tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m., the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History, the organization started by Carter G. Woodson, who started Black History Month, is going to have a panel. And that is at the, cha the chapel at Hampton University. And we're going to talk about criminal justice, the black child. We're going to talk about the family. We're going to talk about the socialization of America and how it is now trying to have this artificial assimilation of black people, like pretend that, that your education, your alma mater and your money means more than your race and we might treat you right. Eric, I want to bring you in here. Uh, this is the, the reason why I believe this is even more important is because not only are we now operating in a totally different world, we're now operating to Greg's point where white media 
can't ignore us. Here, here we are, 51 years after the Kerner Commission report uh, that said there were two Americas, one white, one black. Mm -hmm. What you also have, though, is you now have black folks being able to access independent media like this, being <coughs> a, which is also not new because we had black newspapers since March of 1827, Freedom's Journal. Of course, we know about Chicago Defender, Pittsburgh Courier, Atlanta Daily World, and we can go on and on and on. The other thing that, that you're now dealing with is because now of social media, uh, the, the traditional gatekeepers can try as hard as they want to to stop it from getting out, but they can't win because we can now bypass. To be perfectly honest, if the New York Times didn't do this, we didn't, we, 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 it would still have been done. Right. The message is like water. And so what I'm loving about this, too, is that old adage, if you want to hide something from people, put it in black and white. Well, it is in print, and it is in print for not only us, but it's in print for the international community as well. And then they're also taking it a step further with a curriculum, the 1619 Project, a curriculum. So now you're talking about this is going to be the minds in the, in the hands of developing minds. So... The whole kind of like fire behind 16, 19 people trying to push against it is what Dr. Carr said. It's already over. Um, we're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> we're doing a little bit of cleanup, but it's already right. over. Glory, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, this one point, one of the other um, uh, issues we're going to talk about with a panel tomorrow at 6 p.m. at Hampton Chapter, Chapel is that 16, 19, we were not enslaved. Slave laws were created over a 50-year period after 1619. Mm. And the reason why they keep focusing on, oh, this is the beginning of slavery, that makes them one cog in the wheel of slavery that was already taking place with the Portuguese and the French and the Spanish. Right. So that when we arrived in those 20 and odd Negroes that, that John Roth put in his journal in 1619, it was like, well, we were just doing what everybody else was doing. No, because that's why that story of Mary Nancy Johnson, the black couple in the 1600s who owned land and had servants in the 1600s, mm -hmm. and then the lawmakers changed the laws, made them aliens and forced them off of their land, confiscated it and forced them out. Why? Because when you own land, you had voting rights. And voting rights meant a voice in that colony. And they refused to have Africans be able to vote, and they forced them out of that colony. And that's what they don't want to talk about. They, this, the English want us to well, see ourselves as slaves, and that's not what happened. They enslaved us over time by law. I think so, Roland, if we can look at this from a historical perspective in terms of the wealth gap, which is what we're, everyone is talking about now in terms of reparations, what we look at is a systematic ability of white legislators to take from black people who were not enslaved, and land, as Gloria said, thank you, my sister, I appreciate you so much, but to take land, to take agency, because it allowed them to have a labor force. And that's what this is all about. We go back through all of sure. this. It's about having a labor force. Sure. It's about black people being the labor force. Sure. And so as you had black people who were enslaved, you know, even we look at the lynching laws that I've been looking at, and that's why I'm crazy these days, y'all. Um, but you look at this, it was about basically people not having control of their bodies because white people needed to have their labor. Sure. And this goes all the way back. In Greg? Well, no, I was going to say very quickly, I think this is where we have to, it's very complicated. Uh, the American project is nothing to be proud of participating in. Perseverance is, for sure. 
but the 1619 date is really meaningless except that it's part of a larger narrative, as you say. Yeah. The, the Portuguese and the Spanish, as we just heard uh, uh, Professor Brown Marshall talk about, were, those were hijacked by a British schooner. These were buccaneers. They pir 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 pirates, basically. Right. The, the Europeans had declared war on Africans a century earlier. Columbus and then the Portuguese and the Spanish are here. They were in Spanish Florida, so forth and so on. But, but I don't want to get too far beyond the point. The first, the original sin in this settler state we call the United States is not the enslavement of Africans. It is the dispossession of millions of Aboriginal people of their land. Mm. So I don't take any pride in saying that we helped build this country. And this narrative that is, that is in this New York Times magazine, I think the deep flaw in it, which can be corrected, as you said, Roland, through independent black media. You can look at any 10 years between the beginning to the middle of the 1960s in Ebony Magazine to the beginning to the middle of the 1970s and just read Lerone Bennett. Just read William Leo Hansberry. Mm -hmm. And each one of those articles is superior to anything in this issue here. The black press has been saying this for years. 1619 is about creating a mythical notion of America. Yes. This a is Anglo-centric history. But if we to take this history seriously, those people who were brought to Port Comfort were traded for food. Right. Even though technically their names were they were not enslaved, they had been turned into objects. Yeah. They had come from Angola. I am so jealous of Derek and Tiffany and them. My first trip to Ghana was 1996. When you're on the right side of the Atlantic, when something this, this foolishness is going on, everything shoots into perspective. How did WB divorce was uh, my first no husband. No question. Doctor, my first husband. Doc, Dr. Dr. <laughs> Brown Marshall, and, and to, to, right. to, to one of the greatest points, what y'all are doing is y'all are emphasizing the work of black scholars putting all of this in proper perspective, correct? Correct, because I was in Angola myself mm -hmm. in April. And um, what really concerns me is that there is so much about African history that the Europeans have decided to omit or just really uh, hide. And so we are trying to find the scholarship so that we can present the information for everybody to learn. And that's what, what Carter G. Woodson was about right. when he created uh -huh. this whole idea of African-American scholarship, which they thought was laughable back in 1915, that we had no history to study. Right. And so when we look at where we are in the, in the world, as was pointed out, the pinpoint might change here and there when we discover more information from different trips to the motherland, but just know we're on the case. And we're trying to bring the scholarship to it because we're worth the effort. So, um, so this is what is going to happen, folks. Um, and because I had a lot of people who were hitting me up, they were like, "Hey, you know, August twentieth and that week, you know, Roland, uh, what are you going to be doing about 2019? And I said that week probably nothing. <laughs> and then they were like, "Okay, I'm understanding." Because here's the piece, folks. So the, the date of August 20th, so people are commemorating that date. Whereas the way I look at this whole thing is you could actually spend the year talking about what happened on that date, but also what happened afterwards. It's sort of like when I had to turn 50, people were like, you do, are you doing a 50th birthday party? I said, uh, no, because I'm real busy. <laughs> then I said, you do know I could throw a 50th birthday party any time between November 14th, 2018, and then November 14th, 2019, because I'll be 50 the whole year. <laughs> and, then I said, and then I said, and if I don't throw one, I can always throw a 50 plus one party after the November 14, 2019. What, why am I saying all of that? Mm. Because I believe the mistake that we make is when we only focus attention 
on something that's tied to a date. That's right. Wow. Uh -huh. So the reason you never see me do Black History Month stuff, because we do Black History every day. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not going to be confined to February. And it's no disrespect to anybody out there who has stuff, uh, but again, because we fo focus on black people, we do this every single day. So it's not Black History Month for us; it's Black History Er Day. So, <laughs> so, so here, so, and so, and Gloria doesn't know what I'm about to tell y'all because so this is she's gonna probably, I guarantee you, she's gonna be ecstatic when she hears this. So here's what's going to happen, okay? And again, I had Nicole Hannah-Jones on. It's great they're selling out sure. of this, uh, the magazine, and people are getting copies. They're sending copies uh, to HBCUs around the country. But we also but, have a faculty with a curriculum, so it's not like we actually right, need right. these. Right, but, but so, it's nice so, right, right. So here's, <laughs> come, come, so here's come, what's come. going to happen, okay? On Roland Martin Unfiltered, we're actually going to have, every week, a 1619 to 2019 conversation. Mm. So what's going to happen is we're going to have uh, professors, scholars, folks from HBCU campuses, because let me also be real clear, this is no disrespect, this is not shade at anybody else, but, and Greg knows this because he's gotten my text messages when these things happen. Absolutely. I am, it bothers me when I watch documentaries that are done about black people and the only black people who I see in the documentaries are black people who are professors at Harvard, mm, Yale, wow. Columbia, right. Princeton, Stanford, and a handful of other places. That bothers me. Uh, and so, what we're going to do is, every week, we're going to have a segment on this show, bringing on different voices talking about all of these different dimensions of the black experience and our impact from 1619 forward. Mm. Gloria just laid out there were black folks before 1619. Mm. You can know who they are. We're going to talk about those. Now, uh, so uh, and we're going to have, so let me, let me be real clear. Uh, this is about us using this platform to teach, to educate, to get you to understand more about history. I get y'all know how I am, I feel about books. You can expect us to throw a whole bunch of book titles at you that you're gonna be able to look up via the hashtag Roland's Book Club on Twitter and Facebook as well. But we don't want to simply confine 400 years of people of African descent in America to just this week. Mm. We want you to understand this impact throughout the course of the year. Gloria, your thoughts? I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, my book is Race, Law, and American Society, 1607 to Present. And I wrote it, I, you know, came out the first edition in 2007. And it, it speaks about education, property rights, military, criminal justice. You know, there's so much in it because it's all intertwined and you can't just do it all at once. So I am ecstatic. I'm so happy because we have to look at this. This thing is just like, like tentacles strangling us. And we also have to talk to our young people and, fit, and get our, our spirits fed. 
Because before we had education, before we had money, before we had affluence or influence, we had a spirit that drove us when we had nothing. And that spirit needs to be fed so that we can start looking at the year 2045 when this country becomes officially people of color in the majority. And these folks are planning for an apartheid state. And if we don't get our spirit together, we're going to be patsies in this war. And we need to be thinking about strategies based on our history and going forward to the future to a freedom that's beyond anything we can imagine right now. Um, Erica, Erica, Greg, then Julianne, then we're going to close it out. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited that um, Professor did bring up the piece um, that they're going to be dealing, um, well, bring, brought up the piece about the apartheid state because I think that's something that we continually need to discuss and that we need to bring to the public conversation. What people are seeing that are happening in these different legislative bodies are not by happenstance that what is happening is the consolidation of power so that it will mirror what South Africa um, was in the 80s. And so we need to hammer that point home so that when that um, when those conversations do roll around in mainstream media, that it's not a surprise to the audience because that is exactly what we're seeing happen. That's exactly right. Uh, I've just said that as you all are watching this today, and you encourage people to go back and watch this again on YouTube or Facebook or whatever platform, Periscope. This specific episode, this could be a moment when everything turns. If you're not watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, if you're not supporting Roland Martin Unfiltered, now's the time to do it. Why? Because this 1619 to 2019 conversation you're going to have on a weekly basis, this reinforces, and, and Sister Gloria, I know your book well. In fact, I've taught excerpts of it at, at Howard Law School. That we get a Gloria Brown Marshall in that to talk about the law, to talk about it. And, and, and as you say, Erica, this this notion of what's going forward, this is about the federal bench and all that stuff. This stuff has been written about A. Leon Higginbotham, all Charlie oh, yes. Houston and Howard Law mm. School. Black institutions have led in this. When you said, Roland, we do it every day, Carter Woodson. In March 1950, the last editorial he published in Negro History Bulletin, he said, you all have gotten Negro History Week backward. He said, Negro History Week is the short period of time when we celebrate what we studied the whole year and then face the rest of the public and educate them. That was during the time we had independent black institutions, even though it was segregation. So my point is this, by having this conversation every week, we do two things. Number one, we link to that long arc and tradition of black institutions defining black reality. That's why I'm yes. glad Asala is at the table, because there are a bushel of yes. scholars that yes. are doing that. The other thing it does, you bring out a network so that, and like I say, no no, no disrespect to Nicole Hannah-Jones or my friend Khaled Muhammad, uh, Gabran Muhammad at Harvard, or Tayemba Jess, the great poet, but let's be clear. When, I mean, Roland, as you shared this with me a couple of days ago, I started putting out some feelings, letting people know Colita Nichols Fairfax, who is on faculty at Norfolk State, who's the co-chair of the 1619 Commission at Hampton Rose, is so excited. Sam Livingston at Morehouse, Danny Black at, at, at Clark Atlanta. Ooh, Danny, People, I, I mean, you, you, you won't have enough segments. Right. But what it will do is show the world that we don't need any help from the New York Times. In fact, y'all got this story a little wrong, but we're going to correct you over the arc of a year. And this is because Roland Martin Unfiltered exists. Y'all got to support this platform. We wear the mask that grins and lies, that hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. Paul Arns Dunbar. Mm. See, a Negro, and I, many of them are my friends, yes. who work at Harvard, Princeton, Yale, etc. they wear the mask that grins and lies, that hides their cheeks and shades their eyes. There is but so much they can do. We can go back That's and right. look at what has happened with Cornell West between Harvard and Princeton and Harvard and Princeton. We can look at many others. You're not free. You're not free when you work for white people. You're just not free. Um, you tethered when you work for black people, right. <laughs> but, you're, but you're somewhat free. And so 
Roland, first of all, you know I love, admire, and respect you, and I appreciate yes. the fact that you're doing this. I think it's so extraordinarily important. I think it's important for our people to understand that our voices are ours and that we must claim our voices and all of that yes. and, and, and untethered and, and just, just free. Yes. We must talk about lynching. Um, again, I'm very emotional today. You started with a story that hit me at home mm. and I had to call, hold my brother's hand. Yes. Um, but we must talk about what ails us mm. as black people and yet what we have done. When I think about the lynching of Mary Turner, mm. Mary Turner was a 19-year-old black woman. I think I've told the story on the show before. 19 years old, her husband was lynched. She went to the courthouse and said, there will be justice. So they lynched her, but not only did they lynch her, Roland, they tied her up upside down, yes. threw kerosene on her body, and lit her on fire. And I didn't realize how many lynchings had burnings alive associated with them. As I started reading this stuff. On behalf of the lynchings, people were burned alive. Um, then she, she was nine months pregnant. Mm. Mm. They slit her belly open, mm -hmm. the fetus came out, and they stomped the fetus. Mm -hmm. This is a story that not only black America must own, but white America must own. Right. These people went to church the next day. Come on. They went to church and kneeled down and praised the Lord yeah. after they did this to this woman. The only way you could do this is by dehumanizing her, by suggesting that she was not a human being and so that you could do that. And this is a history that we must own. So uh, Roland, first of all, high props. You know, I don't give you alpha people too much. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but you have to. You have to. See, just, <laughs> see, just hate. Just hate. It. It's all good. Yes, you got it in. You got it in. Well, in this instance, I will. <laughs> you know how I am. Uh, DST, woo woo. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. But I also want us not to take this artificial. 1619 date, right. because it also disrespects our Native American yes. brothers and sisters. Yes. Yes. And be acts as if well, they came and they brought the black folks. No, they were doing spit for the longest time, and I'm so good, I didn't curse today. Uh, but they, <laughs> they, were, they were doing this stuff to us for the longest time, and they were also dehumanizing people of color. And so we have to own that. Right. And Gloria Brown Marshall, I just really salute her. As I salute you, Roland, and you know, you beyond everything else, your show is a service to black America. That's exactly yeah. right. It's yeah. a service to black America. Gloria, again, tomorrow night, Hampton, tomorrow and tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, also, I've got to, um, hopefully, uh, he's also going to happen, folks. So uh, we're also trying to work with uh, Gloria's team to try to see if we can piggyback on top of their stream to also stream it out to our platform as well. Uh, and obviously, you know, with 2.5 million social media followers, we've got more than 351,000 folks who are now subscribers on YouTube. Uh, and, and so we want to be able to amplify that as much as possible. Uh, and so, Gloria, go ahead and give the information out what time and where people, and is it open to the, I'm, I'm assuming it's open to the public uh, there in Hampton. It's free and open to the public from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the chapel at Hampton University. It's the kickoff, a scholarly kickoff with black people telling our narrative, our story. And if people can't make it there, the Asala Conference is in Charleston, South Carolina, October 2nd 
through the 6th. So you'll get scholars, black scholars, all day, every day, October 2nd through the 6th, talking about all types of issues of African-American life and history. In the, in the theme of Carter G. Woodson, we've got to know ourselves, and then we can better understand the rest of the world. All right. Dr. Gloria Brown Marshall, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right. And, and folks, I just posted this on Instagram and Facebook and just and I'm a, before I go to a break uh, uh, for uh, one of our partners here. And that is this here. And this is just so you understand this here. Uh, and again, I, I know some of the folks who funded the 1619 project mm -hmm. uh, and I know them well. Uh, but the reality is we're independent. We don't have the money. The New York Times. We have all this sort of stuff on those lines. But the reality is. If you literally take the number of people who follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, let me just walk y'all through this. So you, I'm going to put this in perspective for you. If you take the number of people who follow me on just those three platforms, and if each one of those folks gave $10, hmm. $10, hmm. just less than $1 a month, that would literally fund Roller Martin unfiltered for the next decade. Wow. Say what? Let me, let me repeat that. <laughs> you an economist and blinked. <laughs> <laughs> One million people on Facebook, 520 plus thousand on Instagram, excuse me, on Twitter, uh, and you have uh, 382,000 on Instagram. You're talking about nearly 2 million people. Actually, I take that back. With, two, the, with those two million people, if each one gave just 10 bucks, I take that back, that would actually fund what we do for the next 20 years. What I'm trying to get folks to understand is mm. the only way, so what I just announced in terms of what we're gonna do, because literally, okay, so here's, here's what I'm, I need y'all to understand. Gloria just said they're gonna have their conference in October. If our people who watch this fund this, then we can broadcast the show from that conference all four days. Wow. Wow. Then we could easily send somebody in a car, send a team down to Hampton tomorrow and live stream the events tomorrow and Saturday. Hmm. Um, we could literally take our own trips to the motherland and bring you stories directly mm. from mm -hmm. Ghana, mm. Senegal, South mm -hmm. Africa. Go to Egypt countries. with us in, in August. Same you thing. Take the you whole same thing. There you go. Yeah. Same thing. Matter of fact, me. Oh, I, yeah. You kicked yeah. to the curb. Great <laughs> scene. You know, yes, I need y'all to understand this. I need y'all to understand this. Greg, Greg <laughs> mentioned, <laughs> Greg mentioned the work of Lerone Bennett and Ebony. Come on, Y'all, black people funded that. Yes. People, black folks who bought yep. Ebony, that's what gave them the resources where they could send Lerone Bennett and Simeon Booker and those yes, writers around the country and the world. Mm -hmm. That's how they funded Robert Abbott and what Ethel Payne did and Louis Martin and Chuck mm. Stone mm. and all of those uh, African-Americans. Yeah, so what I'm trying to get us to understand is, I just said $10. I'm looking right now. There are 300 and 79 of you right now who are watching us on Facebook. Let me give the number. Right now on Periscope, mm. there are, let's see here, what's the number on Periscope? Uh, it was 107 that was on Periscope. Okay, 
Now I'm looking here. Let me go. Let me refresh this. Right now, there are 1,360 of you watching us on YouTube. That means that's uh, so 1,700. So they're literally there are 1,800 people who are watching us live right now. Okay. So that means if 1,800 people said, because we asked for 50 bucks. So let's just say 50 bucks, okay? 1,800 people, 50 bucks. Do the math. 1,800 times $10, do the math. We have to understand that the only way, the only reason Ebony was able to tell those stories mm. because they were black-owned and independent. That's right. The only way the Chicago mm -hmm. Defender told those stories, mm -hmm. they were black-owned and independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't need to ask other people, to Julianne's point, to tell our story. The first black newspaper, Freedom's Journal, said in March of 1827, we wish to plead our own cause. Too long have others spoken for us. Yeah. So we can't keep saying we need, we need, we need. And then when it's created, then we say, well, can somebody else su support it? So... Y'all should be going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Yes. And for all y'all who have run out and spent your four, five dollars on that Popeye's sandwich, watch out Ooh, now. That Woo. is nasty. Wait, might be mouse. Might I'm be just, I'm just, yo, bro, I'm just. You wrong there, bro. Might be a mouse up. This is all I'm Listen. saying. If the chicken is real. No, no, but this bro, is this is. And again, I don't got no problem with a three-piece, four-piece <laughs> Popeye. No, I'm just but saying, what? But what? I, but what? I am trying man. to say to our people. The blackest show on television. I'm trying to say to our folks. <laughs> There are lot. Let me help y'all out. Let, 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 matter of fact, I'm gonna pull up a tweet from Darren Darren Roval. Darren Roval. Darren Roval does the economy. The, the, does the economics of media. He tweeted earlier. He tweeted earlier. Darren Roval tweeted that it is estimated. I know that. Don't worry about it. It's estimated that Popeyes has received. Oh Lord. Because of Black Twitter and all this all this stuff around the chicken wars. $25 million in free advertising. No, sir. No, sir. In free advertising. Mm. Mm. Lines are wrapped around the block. Y'all, all, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm saying. These are Negroes who have... All I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is... For Popeyes. If our folks are going to wrap around the block at Popeyes, it's going to cost you about $4.30 some odd cents, let's say $5. But you, you're not you can the give, you tied. can give, right? You can give five dollars to make this a reality. That's, That's all right. I'm saying. That's right. Go to rollermartinunfiltered.com. I got to go to a break. Uh, we uh, <laughs> got to hear from one of my partners, and then when we come back, uh, more of the show. We got some good stuff for y'all. Trust me. Uh, and then we, of course, we'll hear from uh, from my man Tommy a little bit later. Uh, Joseph Sakura. I got a couple of things with the show, so I'll be back in Roller Martin Unfiltered just a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, you heard me talk a lot about marijuanastock.org. Why? Because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. 
We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at over $340 billion. Now, we know that marijuana legalization is sweeping the nation state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cuss in the hemp plant with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically legal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill recently passed in Congress, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S. has created one of the largest commodities worldwide. What do they need? Land to grow all of the plants. Now, here's an incredible investment opportunity, and that's where our good friends at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed, high-paying tenants. That's right. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. Our folks, friends at 420 Real Estate decided to do something special for the Roland Martin Unfiltered family. Originally, the minimum investment level was 500 bucks. Now you can invest as little as $200. That's right, 200 bucks up to 10,000. Again, this is a $340 billion industry that is still growing. You can participate with as little as 200 bucks. To invest, go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org. Get in the game and be sure to get in the game now. All right, folks, this weekend, a movie comes out in theaters. It is called uh, The Overcomer. It is a Christian film that revolves around a high school basketball coach without a team and a teenage girl with asthma who becomes the school's only participant in its cross-country track program. It's an inspirational film that stars Priscilla Shira, and it opens this weekend. Of course, many of y'all also know her as she was in the movie War Room, and she, uh, of course, also is the daughter of Reverend Tony Evans. She and I had a conversation about the movie, and here is an excerpt of our conversation. Lord, call us to battle. You need to do your fighting in prayer. You've been a good enough father. I don't want to be a good enough father. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. find your identity in the one who created you, it will change your whole perspective. What have you allowed to define you? you give your heart to. Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, this movie, uh, Overcomer. Um, yes. it, it, is, it is not a sequel to War Room. It is not. It's by the same filmmakers. Okay. It's their next film, but it's not the same as War Room. And so what is this one about? Yes. It centers in on several main characters. The main one is a high school student. She's 15 years old, and she's struggling with issues of identity, just a lack of significance and self-worth. You know, she's a teenager, and who of us didn't struggle with that when we were teenagers? But compounded on that for her is a very dysfunctional sort of family that she has come from. 
she's struggling with feelings of abandonment and rejection and those sorts of things. Then there's a, a, a coach. His significance is found in his job and his career is stripped away from him. So he finds himself totally decimated because the thing he's put his significance in is now no longer a part of his life. And then you find another guy as a, as a main character in the film and his health is stripped away from him. And now without his strength, without the use of his body, he's like, what? What value can I add to anybody's life? So you've got these three main characters that are all struggling with significance. And that really is in a very poetic, incredibly uh, incredible way that they've told the story, very emotional. You find these three people's lives being woven together. And the message is clear that if you find your significance in things that can be taken away from you, like success or beauty or money or a certain acceptance by a group of people, well, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but if your significance is tied to them, you're gonna be in trouble. So it's all about rooting your identity in something that cannot change. And as believers, that is who God says we are. That doesn't change. We're forgiven, chosen, accepted. We are enough, whether or not other people applaud us or not. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I hearken back to, uh, Tyler Perry told this story. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that before he did, before um, before BET, before OWN, before TBS, uh, Tyler Perry had a development deal at ABC. And mm -hmm. uh, when he was doing the show and one of the network executives, uh, they sent notes down and said, hey, you know what? I think you're using Jesus a little too much. And they asked him to take it out, and he said, "They say for me," and walked away from the deal. And people, people were shocked by that. And, and I think that um, when, so when you talk about faith-based films, the, 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 there are some people. So I'd love to get your thoughts on the difference between a faith-based film and a spiritual film. Well, first of all, let me say that I can relate in a obvious way. Tyler Perry described there. Um, the reality is that there have been a lot of scripts that have passed my office now, at the, you know, because War Room was so successful. I got a lot of scripts after that, but not all of them are unapologetic gospel films. And there's a difference between just an inspirational film and a gospel film, a, a, a film that is designed to not water down the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And I know that because my, my purpose, I believe, for my life is, is not just acting, not just that very noble craft. But for me, my purpose is to share Jesus. My purpose is to encourage people in their walk with the Lord. So if I can do that on film, then the projects that have come across my desk, the ones that are not sugarcoating the name of Jesus and the ones that are going to be clearly designed to edify the body of Christ, that's what, what I'm supposed to do. That's just Priscilla's purpose. And so we live in a day and age now, Roland, where people are up at the theaters and spending their box office dollars on films that have excellence because it used to be 10 15 years ago mm -hmm. gospel films didn't have technical excellence we were embarrassed yeah to take our first well, well first of all from a technical from a lighting standpoint the writing wasn't great oh, and it was like terrible. jesus 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 kind of like okay i know we believe in jesus but can this be a good story <laughs> yes right <laughs> Exactly. All right, folks, uh, you're going to be able to see the uh, full interview with Priscilla right after this show, and so we want to be able to have that for you. Uh, that's right, Jesus. Y'all know. You're wrong, baby. You're wrong. No, I mean, just be. It's true. But it's true. It's true. 
No, it's true. It is y'all, y'all know it ain't no different than you at church. It's a church play. You like, oh. <laughs> oh, I've been in a couple of them, brother. Like, this is yes. horrible. As a memory. And you question. trying to sit here and watch? You like, okay, this is horrible. Okay. <laughs> coming off. No, I'm sorry. It got, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I don't care. It could be church. It can be Christian. It still has to be good. Right. No, it ain't no front. I know I don't front. I'm sorry. He's with a carpenter. He ain't built no janky stuff. Right. You know what janky said? That's right. No, we not. No, it's real. The problem is people too often don't want to be honest. And that's why it needs to be quality. You're not trying to watch janky. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make. Like, you know, thinking about just at large, like, because it is a church setting, that it does not mean that things can just be done any kind of way or it's, you know, invoking Christ doesn't mean it can be done any kind of way. I'm not fooled. I I, I, I I, I agree with that point. The Lord Lord goes strike all y'all. Nah, we rebuke that. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, who did he give talents to? That's right. <laughs> the point is to no, use you your talent. The point Roll is to y- no, no, no. You ain't got to be a preacher. You, you can read the words. But you ain't no it's preacher. called. It's called. If you got talents, use them. And if you don't have talents, don't be over the plate. That's true. Stop it, Roland. No. If you if you can't <laughs> direct, don't direct. Truth out If you can't act, don't Come act. Come Just on. like. I don't care if you singing a church a, a church Uh-oh. song. Uh-oh. You can't sing. Uh oh. Usher. Don't push up to the usher board because that's a level of excellence. If you can't sing, don't sing. I want you to hum. (laughs) (laughs) I want you just side to side. No. No. I'm tired of people in these games here. So it's the same thing. People think, oh, it's a Christian film. Y'all lighting bad. The audio bad. I ain't watching this. Yeah. But not this, this one. This one looks good. No, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Overcomer uh, hits theaters uh, this Friday. Uh, when <laughs> the show is over, we're going to stream the whole interview uh, with uh, with Priscilla Shire. So, look for that. Uh, Power uh, debuts this weekend. Any fans of Power? Yeah, I watch it, man. I've not seen one episode. You, 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 you well, I, I had to watch that. I watch it in part because the kids watch it. I mean, of it's course. The thing, man. I watch mm. Queen Sugar and Green Leaf. That's all. They watch that too. Those are my two shows as well. So I've not seen one episode of Power, Power or Empire. We got plenty guys to support our frat brother, Maury Hardwick, man. You well, know. See, <laughs> that's y'all frat brother. Well, first of all, calm down. First of all, nobody does. Nothing. Not one y'all seen power? Not one episode. Not one episode. And I'm so cool. Look at Rolex. And all that. It's okay. I haven't seen it. It's okay. It's two Negroes. It's like this. Our rights. We are African Americans. And we have not seen one episode of power. What I'm going to need y'all to do is. I'm going to need you, I'm going to need you to slide your black card to Greg. <laughs> No, I'm gonna keep my black card. Roland, you snatch your black card. Yeah. You slide your black card no, over I'm here. Gonna keep my both, black both card. of y'all, both of y'all black cards are being held. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Yes, you don't understand, Roland. Both of y'all cards are being my held. Y'all are in review. Y'all are in review status. No. <laughs> y'all black cards are in review status. I, okay, I want y'all who watch it. No, listen. your black cards are black in card. review oh, status. No, I, I'm not. I mean, that's I'm just, not giving my... That's, that's Greg Carr would not no. even take my... I would, no, I would, yeah, I, no, I can't pull a rank on this. If I requested your black card, Greg would pass it down. No, no he wouldn't. 
No, he wouldn't. Are y'all so everywhere? Look, you <laughs> beat up the Popeyes people, the church folks, and they snatch your black I now think. I now <laughs> think. I now think. I now <laughs> think because he watches the show. I think because what you just said, I think Method Man uh -oh. is going to rescind what he had to say about Julian Malvo. Uh oh. But I you never he, showed it to me anyway. I think anyway. he's going to rescind what he no, had he to isn't. say. Yes, he is. And so, he, matter of fact, I'm going to send him a text in a minute. Oh. Uh, but we were at American Black Film Festival. So, first of all, in a moment, I'm going to show y'all uh, the the, uh, the Joseph Sakura interview I did with him at Essence. But before we do that, uh, so at American Black Film Festival, we were on the red carpet uh, for the movie Shaft. Now, of course, it didn't do well the box office. I I thought it was funny as hell. I enjoyed it my damn self. Yeah. yeah did you see? Hell no, you ain't seen it. Oh, did oh, not. Did not. I don't know why you did it either. I don't know why you did Ask me what my TV did. Ask me about my TV diet. Why not? Oh, I saw the original movie. I know. Sure, I didn't. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You were not. You were not so confident. You were not so confident in that statement. Did you see the original Shaft? Shaft with Richard Roundtree from Come the 70s? Okay, Absolutely. Okay. The man said the original. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm That's sorry. Right. I right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see, did see the original. Did you see the first remake that John Singleton directed with, with Sam Jackson? I did not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They had Christian Bale in it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see okay, that. Okay, she did. Yeah, see. yeah, I did. Look at Roland. Was you like, no, yeah, yeah. Crap. You were right okay? there. No, you have you no. Okay? You were that okay? close to being banned from the show. You would ask me about that from the show. I love it. Anyway, that's a bad mother. Anyway, we were on the red carpet at American Black Film Festival, and Method Man, who was in the Shaft movie, rolled up on us. I did not expect him to say any of this. So uh, y'all watch this. Again, uh, Sabrina Fulton there. Uh, I'ma sit here. How's it going, brother? How are you? You all good? Yeah, I'm maintaining. You know, I watch, I watch you on the YouTubes. Uh, well, you know, we, we try, to, try to give him a little help. I like, I like your little round table, too. <laughs> the the uh, red bone sister with the glasses, very informative. Red bone sister with the glasses? Yes, older older, older lady. Oh, Julianne Malvo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, see them. When I tell her that, she going to be hyped. I'm an admirer, man. She speaks very well, too. Well, man, look, we're looking for, we're looking for this. We're going to have you on to talk some stuff. On. I would love to come on. Right, I'm going to get information when we go inside. I appreciate Real you. Real quick. Yes. Oh, oh, Johnny Blaze, big up you Blaze. like that, Johnny Blaze. Hey, look, Johnny Blaze, a legend. You can't take Erica's black card. She called a man by his nickname Johnny Blaze. Um, I know you were hip hop. Oh man. yeah, woo, woo all day woo long, long. Day all cool day girl. long. Oh, <laughs> but wait a minute though, pushing up on Dr. Malvo. I love Johnny it. Blaze, I love man. it. What Hold the woo? Respect. Come on. I love it. Hey. <laughs> Creating a show. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. you got to go Then Method Man would I not know have been my able to smiling. see Julian and Malvo. <laughs> That's right. So you need to bow down. Bow down. And say Alpha. <laughs> That's what you need to do. That's right. You know, That's I was wishing. Y'all ain't wish. never heard Julian is quiet. Oh. Hey, Method Man has <laughs> shut her up. Oh, oh my God. That is not the quiet. That is not the quiet in church. Oh, Lord, Roland. Man. <laughs> You're making saying, me laugh. Just saying. All right, y'all, real quick here. Life Lux Jazz is the experience. Uh, yeah, I, I look at it. She over there sweating and everything. I That's sweat. right. Uh -huh. But I'm ready now. Get the brother by cell number. All right, man. All right. All right, man.
man. That's right. You made it get some track shoes. It's gonna, gonna be a cougar trying to chase oh. you out. Oh, you a mark man, man. Hey, cougar can run too. Make the man gonna be somewhere. And Julian gonna be like. Red bone with the glasses. Right? He said red bone with the glasses. See, you know the redhead older lately. That's what he said. The redhead. The redhead. Red All right, I knew y'all gonna kick out of that. All right, y'all, real quick. Lightbox Jazz is the experience of a lifetime delivering top-notch music in the upscale destination. The week-long event is held at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, which is nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. The Life Lux Jazz Experience offers the ultimate getaway for discerning jazz aficionados by pairing an upscale international destination with luxury accommodations, fine heart cuisine, top chef libations, that's liquor, Julianne, breathtaking <laughs> golf, exhilarating spa, health and wellness options, and much more. While showcasing some of the biggest names in entertainment, the second annual Life Lux Jazz Experience continues to build upon its success and heritage with jazzing around Los Cabos, a celebratory expansion of accomplishing its goal of sharing all the finest destinations nation has to offer, including daytime excursions, many concerts, including the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirmed guests, comedian actor Mark Curry, Jill Albright, Alex Bunyong, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles, plus I'll be broadcasting Roland Martin Unfiltered that Thursday and Friday from Los Cabos. For more information, visit the website at lifeluxjazz.com. LifeLuxJazz.com. Yes, this is a black-owned company. Uh, this is for black folks, and so we're going to look forward to seeing all of y'all there in Los Cabos in November. Uh, and so looking forward to that. All right, y'all. So, great panel today. Uh, Redbone down there. <laughs> Uh, red card uh, and black card in review status. Uh, Erica Savage Wilson. She almost redeemed herself. But before we go, yes, power is, of course, it is uh, having its sixth and final season uh, debuting this weekend on Stars. And we were at Essence. We caught up with my man Joseph Sakura, who plays Tommy. Uh, and he gave us uh, some inside info on power, which, of course, uh, the final season premieres 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Day. Here's our discussion. What's up, baby? What's going on, Roland? All good. Fantastic. Even better now that I know that nobody can dress like this man. <laughs> Six years I've been seeing this guy be the best dressed man in all of New Orleans. Somebody got to do it. Pop last season. Last season. It's going to be a hell of a last. I, I'm, I, everything I keep hearing is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. One of the things that makes it crazy is that people from the different worlds that we're not used to seeing interact with, because it's such an explosive season, people are forced to interact in ways that they never have before. Ghost tricked me into killing my father. And <laughs> you think, I'm going to let some shit like that just slide? And you don't know who the fuck I am. I'm sorry about the kids, Tasha. They already been through a lot. And I get it if you gotta make a move against me. But this is how I'm moving now. And one thing that I will, this is the most spoiler probably I'm ever gonna give out, and it's right here, Roland S. Martin. Exclusive. That when you see people doing really well this season, that's the time to pay really close attention. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Now I gotta ask you this here. 
I mean, obviously, this show, so many African-Americans embrace it. Your life has been a little different being in the midst of these cats. The, the level of black love Tommy has gotten. The, the, the level of black love Tommy has got. Well, don't forget the character. Well, myself, I grew up with black people who loved me. Right, and that's right. And I think that that's, um, that's lucky. I think that you could probably pretend. But I think that... But I'm saying in real life, that's you, what I'm saying. you're getting this, man. You're getting it. But I've always gotten love from the black community as far as I knew. You know what I mean? Not all the black community. I'm not stupid. Right, I realize right, that right. I'm a white guy in the, in the midst of it. But this amount is I take nothing short of, you know, a badge of honor to be embraced by the community. Yep. Um, to, to grow in that, to be a platform to shine a light on really on racial relations as best as I can, as you know, in a very, very, very limited way compared to you, whose your political prowess is, your political astuteness is uncomparable on social media, and we're really lucky as a nation to have voices like yours speaking so loudly at a time like this. Well, man, I appreciate it. Good luck in season six. My Always man. good seeing you, baby. Anytime. He was a president at all. Hi, y'all. Power. Final season premiere, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Got a great show for y'all tomorrow. Oh, my God. I sat down with my alpha brother, Omari Hardwick, for a whole hour. And we talked about all kind of stuff y'all do not want to. And he breaks down how he, psychologically, how he prepared uh, and how he wanted the character of Ghost to be seen. Wow. Trust me, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all in advance. It's going to be a deep conversation. It's going to blow y'all away. We're going to have that show tomorrow right here only on roller martin unfiltered you do not want to miss it i'm just trying to warn y'all in advance i'm telling y'all gonna be like damn that was hot this weekend i'm heading to atlanta for the chris tucker golf tournament so i'll be playing in that golf tournament on saturday looking forward to it also some of y'all been posting on social media uh first of all whoever the hell said on periscope omari is weird uh i'm gonna block you Wait. I'm gonna block you on Periscope. Don't do it again. Don't you do it again. Keep All right. So here's the shirt I'm wearing. Okay, I'm gonna stand up here, y'all. So, uh, so the city of Birmingham wants to get the NABJ convention to come to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the board of directors. They pitched to us. And so the sister uh, of uh, the McNair, Denise McNair, uh, she actually presented with them and gave us these shirts here. So zoom in on it. Hate stole her choice. Uh, you still have yours. Always use it. And so Denise McNair slain in the 1963 mm. bombing. And so she uh, provided all of us these shirts. And so I wanted to wear it on the show. Uh, show some love to the McNair family. Uh, and I uh, want to thank uh, them uh, for giving us these shirts. And so that's where I'm wearing it. And so I had some other black folks. They've sent me shirts. Uh, and so if I like it, I go ahead and wear it. And some of y'all have sent some crazy stuff. I can't wear it. <laughs> I can't wear crazy stuff, uh, but uh, that's what, yeah, so, uh, and of course, uh, she knew I was going, they said they had them in different colors, but she figured I was going to pick the black and gold. Black gold no Just question. saying. Yes, sir. Just but saying. you could have taken purple and gold. Just saying, that would never or happen. red and white. That would never happen. <laughs> okay. Why not? That would never happen. All right, y'all, I got to go. Don't forget, support Roland Martin Unfiltered by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Uh, join our Bring the Funk fan club. You can pay via Cash App, PayPal, Square, all those different ways. Uh, we got people who give us monthly, so people who give us one-time payment. Uh, we Our first anniversary is September 4th. It's been one year since we launched this show, September 4th. Uh, and so we want y'all to become a member of the Bring the Funk fan club. And like I said, yo, we don't, we, I mean, literally, if, I, if our supporters, the people who follow us on, on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, Instagram, if Snapchat, if they support us, again, 10 bucks each, 
I wouldn't have to ask for a single dollar from a sponsor. I wouldn't have to read any of these advertisers. You know why? Because our members would fund this. We have to fund our own stuff. And trust me, the conversation we had here, y'all ain't getting nowhere else. Nope. Anderson nope. Cooper ain't gonna be having this conversation. Never. Don Lemon ain't having this conversation. Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, Lawrence, uh, Harris Faulkner, Brett Baer, Tucker, Sean, ha ain't none of them having this conversation. And that's why we do it. Cause we don't have to ask nobody damn opinion <laughs> on what we wanna talk about. And in fact, the show was supposed to end at seven. When you own this shit, you can go to 721. Go ahead, There friend. you go. I'm just saying. It's, it's just, I'm just these saying. These are the facts. I'm Simply just saying. These are All right, facts. coming up next, a conversation with Priscilla Shire about Overcomer. You don't, don't want to miss that. All right, folks. I'll see y'all. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender